Good morning, Vineyard Christian Fellowship of Yakima. This is Dusty. I'm one of the pastors here at the Yakima Vineyard. I'd like to welcome all of you this morning. We're going to be talking about when the Holy Spirit comes to town. Uh, it's the passage of John 16, 1 through 15, so the first half of John 16. As I was praying about this passage, I was really just kind of mulling over this thought of what if we truly could walk by the Spirit? What if, you know, during our every waking hour of our day, we were listening for the Holy Spirit, we were listening for the voice of God, if we were truly a Spirit-empowered people, where we were constantly looking for the kingdom of God to break in, how might that change us as followers of God, as, as followers of Jesus? How might that change the world around us as, if, as we heard God, we would speak his words, we would speak what the Holy Spirit directs us to. If we, if we stopped in the middle of the supermarket and we felt like God directed us to pray for somebody and we just stopped and we prayed for them and God's power broke in, what if we could truly walk by the Spirit like every day? How might that change us and our world? So I want you to kind of just keep that in the back of your head at the end of the message today and I kind of delve a little bit into some science and tie that in with this kind of spiritual reality of, of being connected to the Holy Spirit constantly. Uh, but I want you to just kind of stick this idea in the back of your head of, of walking in the Spirit and having that be like a normal part of our, of our everyday waking life. Let's pray and then we'll begin. Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, Father God. We just pray that you're with us. Lord, we want your presence. We want you to be with us. We want for you to truly enwrap us and surround us. Lord, we want to be immersed in you as we walk throughout our life, God. Lord, would you teach us how to hear your voice in a better and more clear way and to bring your kingdom to bear on a world that so desperately needs it. We just thank you for this, Lord. Amen. All right, let's get started. So starting off with our creed, kind of the Yakima Vineyard Creed about Jesus and who he is. Jesus is the way. He's the way for us to follow. It's not just enough to worship God. We're called to emulate the lifestyle of Jesus, to be the people of the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is literally all truth. He's the primary revelation of God's character to our world. And Jesus is the life. Through Jesus, he gives us life, both now and forevermore. John 16, 1 through 2 says this. I have told you this so that you would not surrender to confusion or doubt. For you will be excommunicated from the synagogues. And a time is coming when you will be put to death by misguided ones who will presume to be doing God a great service by putting you to death. As I was reading this, I'm going to stop just a quick note, as I was reading this, I was thinking about the Apostle Paul. Jesus is foretelling what the synagogue will do, what the Jewish leaders are going to do, how they're misguided, and how Paul, the Apostle Paul, was actually one of those who would hunt down Christians and kill them. And so Jesus is talking about one of the greatest apostles that 
you know, we ended up writing most of the New Testament, right? The Apostle Paul. And he was one of the ones who was doing this very thing that Jesus was foretelling. It just kind of, it struck me as I was reading this. Uh, anyway, let's continue on. So continuing on. And they will do these things because they don't know anything about the Father or me. I'm telling you this now so that when their time comes, that you will remember that I foretold it. I didn't tell you this in the beginning because I was still with you. This is a continuation of that same conversation that Jesus was having with his disciples that we discussed last week. The world will not understand the actions of true followers of Jesus because those actions are antithetical to how it operates. It will, however, invite derision to those who follow the way of Christ. But we know that following the way of Jesus is really the only true way to really live. And so we do it anyway, even though it may invite derision or may cause confusion into those looking on us. Because, you know, as scripture says, we are a peculiar people. Myself being one of the more peculiar among them, I know we're just, we're just, we're a little bit different, right? And that's okay. That's okay. John 16, 4 through 8 says this. But now that I am about to leave you and go back to join the one who sent me, you need to be told Yet not one of you is asking me where I'm going. Instead, your hearts are filled with sadness because I've told you these things. But here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will expose sin and prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgments. I love this excerpt, but here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. See, Jesus knew, Jesus knew that if we were to fulfill what he said when he stated, greater things shall you do, which he, we referenced in John 14, greater things shall we do, that we would need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that we needed the Holy Spirit to really change the world in the way it needed to be changed, to take his message out into all the four corners of the earth. The presence of the Spirit of God in the church, so in, in all of us and his followers in the church, is better for our current times than even the bodily presence of Christ would be. See, Jesus knew he was in one place in one time when he was incarnated, right? Because he was fully man. So he could only be in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit was able to be everywhere. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how the internet changed things. So bear with me on this illustration. It used to be that we didn't have phones and mass communication, and the internet's really kind of the ultimate development of like, a, you know, like the telegraph or a, a letter or something, right? The internet is, it's immediate, it's instant, it connects everybody who's connected to it, right? And there's a flow of information that occurs. Now what we do with that information isn't always good sometimes nowadays, but just bear with me for the purpose of this illustration. The Holy Spirit was like the internet coming. 
See, it connected everything and everyone and created this form of instant communication with us and with the Father to all people. See, it used to be, like in the Old Testament, only the prophets heard from God, and sometimes kings, and then they would speak that out to the people. With the coming of the Holy Spirit, all of us who believe in Jesus Christ, all of us who call Jesus Lord, have the Holy Spirit, have the Spirit of God living within us, and we are connected to God, where we can have constant connectivity and communication to God. It's like having the internet. It's like how the internet changed things. We're all connected. Everything is connected, those of us who follow Jesus. And if we can use that, it's like, you know, like the best parts of the internet, right? Like something happens clear across the world and we find out about it online and people rush to help, right? Like, um, I guess I think about like when 9-11 happened, right? Um, everybody found out about that instantly because of the internet. And people started channeling funds through the internet to go and help the efforts there for the people who were devastated by that attack. That could have never have happened before that quickly or in that way. But because of that connectivity, it was able to occur. And that's kind of what the Holy Spirit does. He connects us to God and there's a connection to each other. I can be praying for you and God through the Holy Spirit can show me something for you even though we're not in each other's immediate presence. And I could share that. And it's a greater level of connectivity than when we had just the incarnation of Christ. So I, I hope that illustration made sense. It made sense to my nerdy, geeky brain. Uh, hopefully it made sense to you guys of kind of like how the Holy Spirit coming was such a game changer for those of us who follow God and for our world. Let's continue reading. John 16, 9-11. Sin, because they refuse to believe in who I am. God's righteousness, because I'm going back to join the Father, and you'll see me no longer. And judgment, because the ruler of this dark world has already received his sentence. I love that bit. Judgment, because the ruler of this dark world has already received his sentence. Jesus here is letting the disciples and us know that in spite of what's about to happen, his crucifixion, his torture, his death, in spite of what's about to have happen, that the enemy of our souls is already defeated. Jesus has the victory. Jesus has already won. The enemy, the ruler of this dark world, has already received his sentence. Jesus knows he's going down. Jesus knows he's going to be victorious. And he's letting them and us know that. So we need to walk in that victory. We share part in that victory as brothers and sisters in Christ. As followers of God, as friends of Jesus. We share in that victory enemy has no hold over us. Jesus has already won. 12 and 13. There's so much more I'd like to say to you, but it's more than you can grasp at this moment. When the truth giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father. 
And he will reveal prophetically to you to what is to come. I love this. There's so much more I'd like to say, but it's more than you can grasp at this moment. <laughs> Jesus knows us, right? More than anybody else has ever known us, Jesus knows us. And he understands human nature. We always want answers, like all kids do, right? They want answers. Why? Anybody who's ever had a toddler knows the question why intimately. Why, why, why? And we're always asking God that, right? Why, why, why? However, God purposely does not reveal all that would happen because we're just not ready. We're not ready for it. If we knew what was coming, some of us would just tap out. Who could have imagined our current times when someone asked us five years ago what our five-year plan was? Like in the year 2016, what's your five-year plan? You know, or 2015, what's your five-year plan? None of us could have guessed, you know, <laughs> what happened in 2020, right? If God told us ahead of time what was going to happen, many of us would have just quit then, right? I mean, so God, Jesus knows. God knows that we're not always ready for full revelation to completely know everything that's going to happen, right? He knows that about us. So there's a reason he protects us from that. 14 and 15. He will glorify me on the earth, for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. And that's why I say the divine encourager will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. I want to take a moment. I want to talk to you about engaging with the Holy Spirit. This active listening. Killing noise in our lives and quantum entanglement. So, engaging with the Holy Spirit, actively listening for the Holy Spirit. I want us to practice that for a moment. So if you can, if you've got kids there with you, I understand that this isn't easy, but try and find a time this week where you can just pray. I, this is going to be a really simple thing I want you to do. But at the same time, it's really, it's complex. Um, our faith is both, both simple and something that we have to work at every day, right? It's, it's a both and. I want you to sit before God. I want you to get yourself comfortable. Get in a place you're comfortable. I want you to sit before the Lord. And I want you to just say, come Holy Spirit. And wait for him to come. I want you to actively be listening and focused on the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Try to, try to shut off all the other stuff around you and just be quiet before the Lord and actively listen for what the Holy Spirit might speak to you. And when he says something to you, which I believe for many of you, he's going to speak something to you, I want you to write it down and I want you to remember it. And I'd, I'd like for you this week at least if you could at least try it for this week, to practice actively listening for the Holy Spirit, writing down what he tells you, and then looking at that each day. And just finding some time to be quiet before the Lord and listen to God. It doesn't have to be a long time. If it's just a few minutes, if that's what you can tolerate, that, that's fine. Any time you can set aside just to listen to the voice of God 
is going to be valuable time. And I believe God's going to show you, show up to you, and I believe he's going to speak to you. Now, quantum entanglement. So, Einstein referred to quantum entanglement as spooky action at a distance. The reason he used the word spooky is because he didn't really understand it. And we don't either. Um, but, you know, if Einstein didn't really understand it very well, we're in good company, right? But here's what quantum entanglement does. Basically, you can use light. And you can entangle two particles. And once these two particles become entangled, they become enmeshed. And whatever you do to one particle affects the other particle. And here's the kicker. Regardless of distance, space, or time. And this is something that is provable in physics. They can repeat it over and over again so that it's not, it's not a hypothesis. This isn't something that might happen. This is something that is repeatable and it's demonstrable, which in science, if something is repeatable and demonstrable, then it's considered fact. And so this quantum entanglement is considered fact in physics. And it's something that you can do. You, you, you push laser, a laser through these particles, you entangle the two particles, and then if one particle is in New York and the other particle is in Tokyo, and you manipulate one particle in Tokyo, the particle that would became entangled with it in New York will react and respond, regardless of distance, regardless of space, regardless of time. It's a fascinating thing. Why am I telling you this? Here's the definition from MIT. It was a little more wordy. I tried to read her digest version of it. But entanglement is a strange phenomenon in which two quantum particles become so deeply linked that they share the same existence. When this happens, a measurement on one particle immediately influences the other, regardless of the distance between them. Why am I talking about physics on Sunday morning and science on Sunday morning? I want you to imagine yourself and the Holy Spirit as two quantum particles. And that when we become linked, when we become enmeshed, Regardless of space, time, distance, one affects the other, that we affect each other. And so when the Holy Spirit is, becomes entangled with us, when we become entangled with the Spirit of God, it changes us forever. We become enmeshed, we become linked with the Spirit of God. It says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. That when God moves that should affect us and we move. And when we move, if we're doing so by the direction and guidance of the Holy Spirit, then God responds. Just like as Jesus said, I only do that which I see the Father doing. And so when the Father does something and then we respond, we, we're linked. It's that, it's that entanglement. We should become so entangled with the Spirit of God that no matter time, distance, space, that it affects us and it changes us, and it reacts to us, and that nothing can separate us. And I, just, I feel like this truth in our, embedded in our physical world, this spooky action at a distance that Einstein talks about, that we can use that as something to hold on to in our understanding of the Holy Spirit, that we are forever 
linked, that we are forever entangled with the Spirit of God, and that He can affect us no matter our situation, no matter how far we are, that, that the Holy Spirit can show up in power, and He can affect our world through us. And I love this idea of, you know, the fact that it's light that this happens with. That light is the thing that causes entanglement to occur. And so many times in scripture, Jesus is referred to as the light, right? I am the light of the world. Um, you know, that his word is a lamp. You know, that there's all these, all these references to illumination and God and the spirit of God. And that light is the thing that entangles particles. And God's light, when it penetrates our dark hearts and our souls and changes us forever, that that light causes us, when we recognize Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, causes us to be entangled with him and that we're forever linked. At least for me, like I said, for my nerdy little science brain, um, this makes a lot of sense to me, so hopefully it made some sense to you. If I'd just like to say this morning, if you don't know the goodness of Jesus Christ, if you're listening to me this morning and you've never been linked with Christ, if you've never been connected with God, um, I'd like for you to just pray with me this morning and, and with those of us who are watching this um, and ask Jesus to link you to him to join you to him, to be entangled with him, that no matter space, time, distance, that you'll forever be linked with, the, with God, with your Savior. So if you'd like to, just pray after me. Lord Jesus, I confess that I have failed in my life, that I, that I have sinned, that I am someone in need of your spirit, that I am in need of your redemption, that I am in need of a savior. So Jesus, this morning, I accept you as my God. Lord, would you entangle my spirit with yours? Would you link me forever with you, God, that we might be forever enmeshed with each other, Lord God, that I would be part of your kingdom and you would be part of my life. Jesus, I accept you into my life and into my heart. Holy Spirit, right now, would you connect me with my God, that there would never more be a separation between us, but that we would be bound together for eternity. God, you are good. I thank you that you love me, and you love me enough to send Jesus to me. Amen. God bless you guys. May you have an amazing week. Take care.